episode 30 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on March 27th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. It's a slow news week for Star Wars The Old Republic, so with the next cantina tour in Orlando right around the corner, I thought I'd share some tips on surviving Star Wars Celebration. BioWare did announce a release date for Game Update 5.2. I'll tell you when it is and how you can get into the new area on IOCath. Finally this week, I finished leveling another Jedi Consular. I'll talk about the final fight and the current state of courting gifts. Spoiler alert, love is definitely not in the air. And with that, it is time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Welcome to episode 30 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted. And as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. Now, just uh, one announcement this week, and it is a reminder that the upcoming Cantina Tour for Bioware uh, for Star Wars The Old Republic will be held in Orlando at Star Wars Celebration, and it will take place on Friday, April 14th at the Hilton Orlando, and they still have not announced a time for the event, but again, expect it to be in the early evening. And there is a reminder that space for the event will be limited, so be sure to arrive early. And it is an adult event, and all attendees must be 18 years or older to participate and be prepared to show ID. And I I will have my ID at the ready. By, by the, I will have that thing front and center before they even finish asking the question. May we see your... Yep, there it is. Be right there. So, yeah, please please go ahead and card me, folks. I would make, make, my, make my year, make my decade if they were to do that. So... Anyway, that is it. That's all the announcements I have uh, for this week. Let's slice the hollow nut and get to the news this week. And since it's a slow news week, I wanted to stay on the topic of Star Wars Celebration for a minute and give out some tips and tricks to making sure that uh, you leave Orlando with nothing but great memories. And I know this doesn't really relate it to Star Wars The Old Republic, but I know a number of you are going to be attending Star Wars Celebration, and some of you, this may be your first Star Wars Celebration. And, you know, I've been reading through some details and trying to do some planning myself, and there's a lot of, I don't want to say confusion, but there's 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 a lot of things that you need to pay attention to in terms of just overall logistics. And if you aren't paying attention and uh, don't know quite know what's going on, you know, you're setting yourself up to have a pretty unpleasant time. I mean, this is this to me, in my opinion, this is not something where you can just sort of make it up as you go along and attend this thing and just do things on an ad hoc basis. I think it's a really bad idea. So, I mean, I went to Celebration in Anaheim and I mean, I was assuming that Celebration Orlando would be pretty much the same thing. And as it turns out, there are quite a few logistical changes from Anaheim and things are going to work very differently from that event. So my first tip for you guys is whether this is your first celebration or you've attended others in the past, spend a lot of time doing research and planning. 
The full schedule of events still has not been revealed, so you can't figure out everything. But by the time you arrive in Orlando, you really want to have most of your days planned out. And to that end, there are some great resources out there to help you do just that. And first of all, there's the official Star Wars Celebration website. That's just at StarWarsCelebration.com. Um, it has a lot of what you need to know and and can expect. And when you go to the site, be sure to click on the show info. This is from the top menu. And underneath that, the guide to navigating celebration option. And I'll cover some of that information in just a bit, but that is a must read. And I believe that could, that information could make or break, uh, the whole experience for you. Another thing you want to do is get the celebration app. It's available for download now. But it's not yet working in the, in the sense that it's not really truly enabled. When you open up the app, I think it prompts you for a username and password, although there's no username and password that you would have to, to input that. So they haven't really enabled it yet, but you can download it. So there's really no downside to getting it right now. The other thing I'd recommend is familiarize yourself with the event floor, pan, floor plan. Uh, if you go to the official site, you can view or download uh, the, the floor plan for the event. Uh, there is also a Star Wars Celebration subreddit, and it's a good place to ask questions and get other information. And there is also a closed Star Wars Celebration Facebook group. And again, it's just another place to go and ask questions and get informations. And uh, let's see, what else? Oh, also, there's a young artist named Jenna uh, D. Paolo, and she, uh, she has put together some beautiful checklists and itinerary sheets to help you plan out your time at Star Wars Celebration. They're a set of downloadable PDFs that you can fill in electronically, and they do look pretty fabulous, I have to say. So those are just some of the available resources to get you started. I will have links to all of these available in the show notes, but and again, but you really should plan as much of your event ahead of time as you can as you can. I know when I arrive in Orlando, I hope to have just about every day planned out uh, as best I can in terms of knowing what I want to do and where it's going to be and when I need to kind of be there in order to, to, to get, get there on time. And the reason I recommend that you plan everything out ahead of time is because the event is going to be crowded and you're going to have to spend a lot of time waiting in lines. I mean, there will be lines to get into the place, there'll be lines to get food, lines to go to the bathroom, and there will even be lines to get in more lines. I mean, the reality is you won't be able to see and do everything that you want. You're going to have to make choices, and there are a lot of events that are first come, first served, so it's important that you know where to be and what time to arrive. So, for example, the convention, I believe, officially opens at 10 a.m. each day, which sounds great, right? You know, you can sleep in, have a relaxing breakfast, and head over uh, late morning. Well, if you don't plan on seeing any of the events on the galaxy or celebration stages, that might work for you. Otherwise, your day will probably begin around 5 a.m. So with that in mind, let's talk about panels, queues, and camping out. So the big events will take place on the Galaxy Stage and the Celebration Stage. For those events, you will need to have a wristband, and that wristband 
will be specific to the event you want to see, not for the stage. And you are limited to two wristbands per day. That means you are going to have to prioritize and pick and choose what things you want to see. And this year, there are two marquee events. There's the 40th anniversary panel for Star Wars, and then there's also the last Jedi panel. And if you want to be in the room to see these events, you are going to need to camp out overnight. And here's the official information on what they're calling sleepover nights. Um, and this is, this is, I'm, I'm just reading directly from the Star Wars Celebration site here, guys. And it says, um, pack your Star Wars jammies. Wednesday and Thursday nights will be sleepover nights in the Celebration Q Hall, Hall D's, Halls D and E. Celebration sleepover nights will be Wednesday, April 12th and Thursday, April 13th, 2017. On each night, the process will be the same for participating. Starting at 8 p.m. Wednesday and Thursday evenings, the queues will open. We will have separate wristband queues for each show on the Celebration and Galaxy stages and also a separate queue for those wanting to access the Celebration exhibit hall or other programming that may not require wristbands. Doors for registration and the queue lines will stay open until 12 midnight Wednesday and Thursday evenings. At 12 midnight, the doors will close for the night with no one else allowed in. Does anyone else get that image of them closing the base doors on Hoth? Uh, I, I don't know. For some reason, I read that that's the first thing that uh, pops into my mind. But I digress. Uh, there will be concessions and bathrooms opened inside overnight. And then they say, hey, don't bring camping cots or, or chairs larger than you that will collapse and fit into a backpack. So, you know, you know, don't bring that inflatable mattress, right? And plan to sleep out. That's not going to happen. Now, if you choose to leave after 12 midnight, Wednesday and Thursday, you will not be allowed back in the registration and queue hall until 5 a.m. the next morning. Wrist, ba- wrist banding for the celebration and galaxy stage performance- performances will begin at 6 a.m. in the associated wristbanding queues. Now, it should be noted here that the actual events will be on the Galaxy stage. So the event will be streamed to the Celebration stage, as well as uh, the behind-the-scenes stage, which I do believe you're going to need a wristband for, even though it wasn't mentioned in there. So in other words, if you want to be in the room with the people, then you need to try and get a wristband for the Galaxy Stage. So let's talk about these wristbands and how you get them because you're going to need wristbands for more than just the uh, 40th uh, anniversary celebration and the last Jedi panel. Anything on the celebration stage, anything on the galaxy stage is going to require a wristband in order to get in. So with that in mind, there will be separate wristband queues for each celebration and galaxy stage panel each day. Wristband queues will be for that day's panels only. You can get a Friday panel wristband on Friday, but not a Saturday panel wristband on Friday. So you'll need to choose which panel is your priority and get in that queue first. Fans will be limited to two wristbands, two Celebration and Galaxy stage panels total, not two on each stage, per day while supplies last. And of course, capacity of the stage will dictate available seats and thus available wristbands at approximately 6 a.m. 6 a.m. folks each day the celebration staff will start wristbanding in each panel queue 
A single wristband will be put on each person. Extra wristbands will not be given out. You must be present to receive a wristband. The only exception is for a companion of a medical sticker holder. And in that case, you know, if you're traveling with someone who's got a medical sticker, you need to have their badge in hand and show that to them, and then you'll get their their wristband. And then they say, once you have your wristband for one panel, you can move through to another panel queue and get a second wristband if there is supply for that panel. And they're going to have screens in the queue hall, which will be updated live for wristband status. And then after you receive your two panel wristbands, or if all the wristbands are gone for the panels that day, you then can move to the Celebration Experience Exhibition Hall shoots. Unless your first panel takes place on the Celebration or Galaxy stage at 11 a.m. Basically, if you got an 11 a.m., they'll plan to bring you there. Um, uh, let's see. If all wristbands are not given out before Celebration is open for the day, they will continue to give out be given out in the queue hall right up until the panel starts. Uh, oh, and then they said, be, yeah, here we go. The behind-the-scenes stage will be wristbanded for four panels only. The 40th anniversary panel on Thursday, the last pan- last Jedi panel on Friday, Rebels on Saturday, and the closing ceremonies on Sunday. And just keep in mind, the shows will be streamed to the behind-the-scenes stage. Um, and then anything else on that, that stage won't be wristbanded and will just be first come, first serve. So... What this means is if you want to see something on the Galaxy or Celebration stage, you need to get a wristband, and you probably want to do that first thing in the morning. That means getting to the convention center between 5 and 6 a.m. Once you get your wristband, you can wait in line to to get into the, the convention center when it opens, or depending on when your panel is, you could probably leave and come back later. For example, if your panel is at 1 p.m., you might be able to go just leave and then come back once free flow has started and basically free free flow entrances uh, will begin after the convention is officially opened at 10 a.m. and they've cleared all the the, the early folks uh, through there. So I think that right there is probably one of the most important things you need to know about Star Wars Celebration. I mean, there's lots of things you can do to prepare and I'm not going to give, you know, go into full-blown tips and tricks for the entire event here. I do have some other, some news to cover. I will say this though. Make sure all of your devices are fully charged each day and that you have some battery backups. That means your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, just make sure you've got them fully charged. Uh, cause you're going to want to take lots of pictures and tweet and Facebook and maybe do some live stream, whatever it is you want to do. You know, you're going to be very active with that. So you just want to make sure that they've got full battery and maybe even have a battery backup, like a Mophie or something like that, that you can just, you know, give your device some extra juice during the day. Nothing worse than going to take a picture and finding out that your battery is just completely drained uh, on your, on your, on your smartphone there. So. So that's about it. I mean, if you've never been to a Star Wars celebration, they truly are fun, but really expect to wait in a lot of lines. And I mean, again, I'm talking lines to get in lines. Uh, I mean, you know, we're 17 years into the 21st century, and you'd think they could find a better way to manage all of this. Uh, but again, I mean, it's not like the solutions are out there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, staffing, money, and whatever else. But I don't know, this whole wristbanding and getting up at 5 and 6 in the morning, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that. The the, the camping out overnight, not a big fan of that. Although I have to say, I am considering it for the 40th anniversary panel. But keep in mind, 
that all of the big panels, including the 40th anniversary panel and the last Jedi panel, will be streamed online for the whole world to see. You don't even have to be at Star Wars Celebration to see these. And, you know, if there's going to be, if they show the trailer, a teaser trailer for The Last Jedi, that panel, it's going to be out on YouTube the moment, uh, you know, that panel's over or, or even during the panel. You'll be able to watch it like, you know, a billion times from the comfort of your own living room or wherever you are. So, yeah, if I don't, if I don't get in line and camp out overnight for that 40th anniversary panel, believe me, I'm probably going to be tucked away in someplace comfortable with a nice big cup of coffee and a breakfast and just, you know, watching it on my phone or tablet or, or something like that. So, but enough about, uh, Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars The Old Republic. And there was a wee bit of 5.2 news this week and Eric Musco took the forums and provided kind of a little roadmap of information. I don't want to call it an announcement of an announcement, but it was just kind of, uh, well, this is what he had to say. He said, Game Update 5.2 will be launching on Tuesday, April 11th. As we begin to get closer to the, to the date, we want to talk more about some of what you can expect in the update. And then starting on Monday, which depending when you're listening to it, Monday meaning the, the, the 27th, um, which is the day I'm actually recording this, uh, he said, here are some of the 5.2 topics we'll begin to talk about. Uh, one, the new galaxy map. Two, PVP on IOCath. Two, the daily area, what's different and what's the same. Access to IOCath, who, when, how, and choosing a faction on IOCath. And then they said they're also planning to do a 5.2 Twitch stream in the next couple of weeks. On that stream, they'll not only talk about 5.2, but show you some of it as well. You know, and again, I hate it when they show us the story. I understand, you know, I mean, if they want to show me, show us, you know, some of the boss fight, maybe tight, that's okay. I want to give a sneak peek of a couple of the, the daily quests that exist, that's fine. But I really don't want to see any cinematics regarding the story. I like to be fully, 100% fully surprised by that, but they'll probably show story because it's an easy thing for them to show. So with those list of topics in mind, the one thing they did release uh, today was information on accessing IOCath, you know, the whole who, when, and how. So, so here's what they said about that. The only requirement to access IOCath in the new story is that you, your character must be level 70. You do not need to have an active, active subscription. Uh, but that said, you can't get a character to level 70 without having subscribed to Knights of the Eternal Throne at some point. You will need an active subscription to access gods uh, from the machine operation and fight the new boss, Tithe. The Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Eternal Throne stories are not prerequisites for the new Iocath story. However, the stories are related, which one means there's going to be spoilers. If you haven't done Fallen Empire or Eternal Throne and just jump into Iocath, there are going to be spoilers there. And two... The game is going to make default choices for you from Fallen Empire and Eternal Throne. And those are things along the lines of, you know, dark side choices, light side choices, who lived, who died, that sort of thing. And those may not jive with what you would have chosen had you gone through the stories yourself. Interestingly enough, though, this will not impact your progress in Fallen Empire or Eternal Throne. So, for example, if you're on Chapter 3 of Eternal Throne, and then you jump into Iocath and, and run through that, you'll still be able to go back uh, and continue 
the Knights of the Eternal Throne story and make all of your preferred choices. Um, so, so it won't impact your progress with, with that, which is, which is good. Now I have no idea what happens if you start the new Iocath story, maybe get a quarter of the way through it and then go back and finish the Eternal Throne. It just sounds like an awkward mess of, 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 of story there. I have no idea how that, what will happen there. You know, who knows? You're, you're, your, your game just might actually uninstall itself, for all I know. It just sounds messy, but I'm sure someone will try that and we'll see what happens. Um, now, to launch the new storyline, all you need to do is head to your ship's mission terminal where you can accept the mission, The Forgotten World. So, just, just to recap that, so Game Update 5.2 is going to release on Tuesday, April 11th. That's an interesting time. Um only because that is like, you know, a couple of days before Star Wars celebration happens in Orlando. And I imagine that, you know, Eric Musco, Charles Boyd, Ben Irving, a lot of the guys from Bioware are going to be in Orlando. Obviously they're going to be pre- pre- prepping, uh, for their cantina tour. And I don't know if they'll be presenting any other information about, you know, Star Wars, the Old Republic. So it just seems like an odd time to release this update. I would have thought maybe they would just push it out a week until the Tuesday after Star Wars Celebration, or, you know, the other option would have been to do it, uh, next week on, on the 4th of April, right? Right before or right after, but, but not during that week. But I'm sure everything will be smooth and, and it will be fine. So, so there you go. Game update 5.2 on April the 11th. So the final topic I have for this week, I just wanted to talk about my uh, Jedi Counselor. Uh, you know, I, I think last week was it maybe one of these recent episodes. I talked about leveling up all my alts and whether the, the game was alt-friendly or not. So one of the characters that I got to level 70 was a Jedi Counselor. So I finished off his class story, and I wanted to talk briefly about the final fight for the Jedi Counselor. And, you know, even though we're talking about five-year-old content, I'm going to keep it spoiler-free, mainly because those details aren't really relevant to my issue. And what I want to say is I died several times trying to complete this fight. And it was weird because this is not my first Jedi Consular. In fact, it's my third. And I have no recollection of struggling with this fight uh, previously. And I had obviously gotten through it twice before. And so the thing with this fight is there is a mechanic that will one-shot you no matter what. You could be at full health or have 1% health. Either way, you'll die. Now, it's not hard to deal with. You just need to interrupt the caster, and you're good to go. So obviously, this is on me. But I also think it speaks a little bit to the state of, of the leveling game that I've talked about in recent weeks. And it's to the point that things are so easy that you almost become a worse player as a result because you don't have to do anything, right? You So at least for me, I find that I stop paying attention, I get complacent, and I get lazy. And this isn't even really hard content. This is just a matter of watching, you know, an enemy cast bar, which I should just be in the routine habit of doing. But I, like I said, I'm just so used to pushing a couple buttons and then boom, they're dead in the cinematic place. So this was a case where I had just completely forgotten about the mechanics of this encounter. And uh, as a result, I paid for it. And then I just, you know, buckled down and, and paid attention and figured out, oh, I just need to interrupt this. But my point is, eventually, there is hard content in the game. And so for, you know, a new player or you're trying out a new class or something like that, you know, you get, you breeze your way through 
to level 70. And then you get into some of this end game stuff where you try a veteran mode chapter or a master mode chapter and you get your rear end handed to you. And because you haven't had to work at all, uh, to learn this class or play this character, you know, I think you're just a little worse off than, than what you would be if the leveling game had a little bit more challenge to it. But, uh, but enough of that. Um, I also wanted to talk about, uh, companions and companion gifts and certainly romance companions because I ran into a little bit of an issue here. It sounds like this is, this is not a new bug, uh, but it's not something I was aware of. So I was under the impression that if you were, uh, doing anything that was pre-Knights of the Fallen Empire, uh, you would be in what I would call classic companion mode. And that if you were romancing someone and they loved courting gifts, you could use those to level up their influence. Well, it turns out that this is not the case. And I believe it's a long-standing bug that was introduced in Knights of the Fallen Empire. So I said I was working on this Jedi Counselor. And I got to the end of the story. And with a little time on my hands, I began romancing Nadia Grell. I like her as a companion. And then everything went as expected until I started giving her courting gifts. And at first I thought, oh, great, she's just another one of these cold, emotionless Jedi and her logic circuits are always taking precedence, although that's not really Nadia's personality. Well, I did a little research and it looks like this is a bug and companions don't shift into romance mode when it comes to gifts, which is unfortunate because I have a pile of courting gifts that I now have absolutely no use for. And this was like the one character and the one opportunity I had. You know what? This is great. I can finally unload all of these courting gifts because according to a number of the companion guides, Nadia loves courting gifts if you are in a romance relationship. But it turns out that, you know, and luckily I only gave her one because I was a little bit dubious and it turns out that I don't even think she, Sunny does she not love them. I don't think she's getting, I don't think she considers them a favorite. I think it's just like at this point. So it's really not worth giving them to her at all. And in fact, it turns out, I believe that the only companion that appears to love courting gifts is Doc. And apparently he loves them whether you're in a relationship with him or not. I guess Doc just loves everybody and so you can just give him courting gifts now i don't know if it works if you're a male jedi knight or if it's only with a female i have to try it out but i guess if you want to level up doc and you have a pile of courting gifts you just have at it and this is this will work out very well i mean i haven't tested that but again uh, like i said if you're sitting on a pile of romance gifts and courting gifts try giving them to doc and see what happens and i'll actually try that out uh, this week and i'll report on that next week so that's it for, for this week. Uh, you know, like I said, it was a slow news week. It's going to pick up. So I should have a little bit more 5.2 news, uh, for episode 30 because, uh, who knows? Maybe they, they'll even do a Twitch live stream this week or maybe it'll, maybe it'll be next week. I don't really know. They haven't announced anything other than that they are planning to do something soon. But with that, I definitely hear the music and that can mean only one thing. You have managed to survive another half hour listening to episode 29 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I am your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. 
You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is currently SOTORpodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORpodcast, and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast, and look for episode 31 on April 4th, 2017. And remember the Sith Code, cake is alive.